When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. What's going on, everybody? Elliot Shorenparks, Matt Lombardo here at the No Huddle Podcast for our Fan Friday episode. A lot to get into today. Obviously, recap the crazy week. And I know everyone makes fun of me on Twitter, and you do too, for me changing my mind all the time. But this has been a week especially where I feel like every day we get new information. Every day we hear new things. You, you know, you, you see the team practice. So I almost feel like every time we've recorded a podcast since this Wentz injury, my outlook on it has changed a little bit. And I think that's a little bit of a, the case today too. So. I think it's evolved ever since the press box at the LA yeah. Coliseum. I remember talking yeah. to you, and it was almost as if you took over as the card-carrying president of the Nick Bowles <laughs> fan club. And then I come back here on Tuesday, and it's almost as if you called up our good pal Mark Eckel, right? and you're on the anti-Nick Foles, he's a bum, couldn't start for any team in the league. Well, it's always good and to here get we the, are. Yeah, it's always good to get the echo point of view. Yes. Um, so we'll get into that a little bit today. Talk about Foles. And I, I think a conversation we haven't had on this podcast that a lot of people have been talking about is the third, the third quarterback. Well, I guess actually the second quarterback spot now with Nate Sudfeld and what they should do there. So we can talk about that a little bit. And then, of course, this is the preview pod. So we'll talk about the Giants this week's matchup on Sunday. I'll give my tentative pick until before the game. You'll give your final pick. And then we'll, uh, you know, we'll talk about that one. I think I'm it's going to have to alert either Dan Duggan <laughs> or James Cratch because they cover the Giants for us at NJ.com right. and they're handling the picks post. So I have to alert them to the asterisk the that is Elliot yeah. Shorepark. Exactly. I'm I'm a, I, I'm thinking Eagles, but I'm I'm on defense with this one too. Okay. So it's been a rough few weeks uh, to to pick. These have been some tough games. So of course though today is Fan Friday, so we're gonna read a review from each of uh, from someone that's left it. Uh, we're on our way to 500. I believe we're at like 322 or something like that. So slowly but surely, and we appreciate. Uh, first, before we read the ones, the one person put, "I'm here to get you to 500." Uh, and he put great show, great discussion. So we appreciate that five star review. But yes, thank you. Yeah, since it's since it's been a bit of a down week for Eagles fans, there's been a lot of frustration. We're gonna read two reviews that uh, maybe weren't so kind. These people felt the need to come into our uh, comment section and vent, which we're used to on Twitter. But uh, Matt, why don't you go first? We'll read some of our not five star reviews. Yeah, I'll I'll start out with uh, Blah fifty four. He says, "So I found myself listening to this podcast mainly because it covers the team I love, and it sucked me in pretty quickly, but." But as the weeks went by, I realized how terribly idiotic Matt Lombardo is, mm-hmm. and my irrational hatred has me writing this review right here in this very moment. I've never thought less of a sports media figure in my life. Not only is his voice unbearable, but he's a babbling clown. I understand debating hypotheticals and outcomes is essential to what you guys are doing, but unless Lombardo was assigned the idiot by production, he's really just very bad. RIP 2017, go birds. Uh, but, Elliot, the good news is he did leave 
two stars. So I like it. Blah 54, thank you for listening. Thank you for continuing to listen. And two stars, last I checked, Better than are one. more than one. And man, you got the radio voice. I don't know why he's hating on you for that. So, so this one from Philly Nick. I got three stars, so better than two. (laughs) He said, man, this guy Elliot is a fraud, and it's not because of his view without Wentz. Foles has showed he can do enough, and he has never played with this many weapons to utilize. All this guy Elliot does is cry and complain. I don't really think that's the case. Someone tweeted me today that I'd always pick the Eagles to lose. I picked them to win 10 out of 13 weeks this year. So I think we've both been on the Eagles bandwagon. But as you can see in these uh, in these reviews, people are upset. People are upset about the Wentz yep. injury. I think this has a lot more to do with Wentz than uh, your unbearable voice and my complaining. So at least we hope that's the case. But as always, we appreciate the reviews. Uh, I guess as long as Eagles, as long as people keep getting upset, we'll keep reading your bad reviews. But please leave five stars. Complain yes. about us all you want. Then Just give make us it five stars. Star. Yeah, that's, that's all we care. Then you can say whatever you want. Helps the show. Exactly. (laughs) All right, so let's get into it. We're not going to start with the Giants one with that. I guess the first question I'll ask you is, how has your opinion of Nick Foles and this quarterback situation evolved since the Tuesday pod? Yeah, I think that I'm somewhere in the middle because everybody asks you when when you're in the street or when you're talking to friends who are big Eagles fans, hey, how are they looking? How do you think it's going to impact them not having Carson Wentz? And Again, I'm not on the far end of the spectrum where one NFL GM speaking to the Sporting News said that the Eagles are fine, there's no drop-off, and that Nick Foles could start for probably 15 or 16 teams in the NFL. I don't know that I'm quite on that end of the optimism scale, and I also don't think that the sky is falling and that they're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. I really think that they're good enough to win the two games with Nick Foles that they have to win over the final three weeks to lock down a first-round bye. Mm -hmm. And I think if a team like Carolina comes in here or maybe even the Atlanta Falcons in the cold – maybe some snow whipping around the link. I think they can win the first playoff game. I don't know if they can beat the Seahawks if they get in, the Rams if they get in, the Minnesota Vikings the way they're playing. Um, I think that this team went from a Super Bowl favorite in the NFC to a team that is going to do well enough to probably get to an NFC championship game, and who knows what happens from there. So one of my main takeaways since Tuesday is we got a chance to talk to the players who have practiced with Foles now. Yep. And – I talk to, I mean, most of the offensive guys, and it's interesting to talk to them because on one hand, you get a lot of, like, PR, just trained media answers. Oh, Foles is great, blah, blah, blah. But if you read between the lines and you just kind of pick out the little nuggets, it seems like this week's a pra- this week's practice, at least Tuesday and uh, – not Tuesday, at least Wednesday and Thursday, seemed like it was kind of rough. Um, uh, Marcus Johnson noted that, you know, there was incompletions in two, on Wednesday's practice, but probably a little more than normal. He talked about having to get on the same page as the receivers. Kenyon Barner mentioned how the, res- how the running backs need to learn how to take the handoff from Foles now because they're used to taking it from Wentz. Um, and those things, real quick, those are all natural because I don't yeah. think that maybe There's fans... nothing to do with Foles. If anybody came here, that would be the case. Right, but... and I don't think that fans really understand the dynamics of an NFL practice during the regular season. It's not like training camp where sometimes you might get the second team quarterback getting three or four snaps a day with the first team offense during the regular season the backup quarterback gets no reps with right. the first team they're running scout team they're if the Eagles are playing the Giants Nate Sudfeld who's the backup now if Nick Foles was the backup they'd be simulating Eli Manning right now and Carson Wentz if he were healthy would be getting all of those reps so for a lot of these guys Kenyon Barner if you think about his role back in camp he was probably just a kick and punt returner back then so he's he wasn't even getting snaps with Nick Foles back in camp so this right. 
right. really Nick Foles. Well, he wasn't even here on the, on the roster at yeah, that right. point. Right. So this is their first opportunity to practice with Nick Foles. So for the first day or two, you're going to have those growing pains. Um, Zach Gertz was saying that there isn't that much of a, a, a drop-off because Nick Foles throws a very, quote-unquote, catchable ball. Some guys like to rifle it in there, and it's harder to catch their passes. That's not an issue with Nick. So Well, but I, Alshon said that there's a lot of adjustment with, uh, with Nick because yeah. he lofts it more than Wentz puts a little more heat on it down the field. Uh, Torrey Smith kind of alluded to the same thing. Who, I mean, really, Torrey Smith had trouble adjusting to to uh, to Wentz in terms of his deep pass. Alshon took some time, so that is something that's going to happen. But yep. I think I think too that whether or not you whether you know whether you believe I believe the people listening believe whether you believe Foles is a good enough quarterback to lead this team to the Super Bowl. You could think he's the best quarterback in the NFL, and it was a travesty he was sitting behind Wentz. It's going to take time to adjust. Yep. So, so even so, this this Sunday, I mean, the good news, and I've said I said this on the Tuesday pod, is you almost couldn't craft a better three game schedule if you had to pick because the Giants are a complete mess. You get a prime time game, and then you get a game that almost means nothing. So they do have a very three win, three very winnable games. But my main takeaway is. To start on the Tuesday pod, I was not very high on Nick Foles. And I, I still think at the end of the day, they have the worst quarterback in the playoffs, probably. Um, yeah. And they have, I don't know, I mean, if I'm being generous, maybe 22nd best quarterback in the league, 22, 25, something yeah, like that. I think I had I mean, him at number 21 or 22 in the quarterback power rankings right. this week. So that's right around where he belongs. And yeah. I think that by design, if you look at the bottom third of the league, Nick Foles could probably start for 10, maybe 11 teams in the NFL – and he just happened to be the Eagles' backup. He has experience. So I think that as far as being well-positioned, the Eagles have as good a backup quarterback, I think, as you can have when you look at who's starting in the league, mm-hmm. first of all, and some of the backups that have been elevated into starting Yeah, I, I agree, but the reality is to win in the playoffs, you need elite quarterback play. And I agree. You know, we, we can – I think fans this week have been kind of like talking themselves into fulls, think everything's going to be fine it's just minimizing everything Wentz does for this team because Wentz is this team. He is this franchise. The Eagles knew they needed a franchise guy to win. That's why they went up and they traded for Wentz. And so to say that, you know, Foles is just going to come in and not miss a beat. I don't think that's true. And I don't think anyone's saying that to that extent, but I don't think, I think just the, the further away from the Wentz injury we've gotten, the more, you know, you think about Foles and yes, he does have some positives, but there is going to be an adjustment period. I just think again, this season, I'm not saying it's over, but I, I have not come around anymore on the idea that maybe this team is going to make a run because I just see average skill position players. Right. I see a defense that's good, but personally I think it's been helped out by Wentz a little bit. And I see a quarterback that's going to be the worst in the playoffs and is in the bottom third of the league. And that's just it's a major problem. And I think that for all of the attention and all the time that we've paid to the Carson Wentz injury and what Nick Foles is going to be, and rightfully so, Carson Wentz was a legitimate MVP candidate for several weeks. I had him as the number one quarterback in the league over Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. I think the bigger issue for this team right now is the left side of the offensive line. You look at Vitae gave up two sacks against Seattle. He gave up one sack um, against Robert Quinn. He gave up five pressures over the last two weeks. And it's been a revolving door at left guard with Stefan Wisniewski going down. Isaac Sayamalu hasn't been competent. Chance Warmack has been worse. I I honestly think that if the Eagles' offensive line was even adequate, if Wisniewski was 100% healthy and Vitae had shown you week over week that he had improved from when he first came, in, I think you'd be 
more inclined to say that they'll survive this Nick Foles situation. They might be good enough to pull out an NFC championship win and get to a Super Bowl. I don't think that they'd ever be in the conversation of beating a Patriots or a Steelers team with Nick Foles. But with this offensive line situation the way it is, Elliot, I don't know that you can hold up against a Seahawk defense. I don't know that you can hold up against Mm -hmm. a pass rush coming at you the way the Minnesota Vikings have gotten after quarterbacks this year. And if the Saints come into town, I'm very high on this Eagles defense. I think that they have – they're talented enough and they've played well enough week over week where I think they could win a playoff game. If you have Alvin Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram carrying the ball combined 35 times and Drew Brees coming in here – I don't know that you win that first-round playoff game with Nick Foles or with Carson Wentz, and certainly not with Nick Foles and that left side of the offensive line. We're going to get a good look this week against a Giants defensive line with Jason Pierre-Paul and Olivier Vernon, who can still get after the quarterback of of just what we're looking at moving forward. But I think that the issues on the left side of the line are as much of a reason not to be optimistic about this team as the Carson Wentz injuries. Yes, I agree. I agree 100%. And the Wisniewski thing is a big deal. I mean, he's going to be listed as questionable on Sunday against the Giants. Um, and this is a bad – I mean, look, the Giants are a bad team, but they do have talent along the defensive line, and they are going to blitz. And Doug talked today, uh, Friday, on the podium about how he does expect them to blitz a little bit. I mean, the new head coach, Steve Spagnuolo, that's kind of what he's known for is blitzing. So it is going to be a test right off right off the jump for Foles. So look, before we get into too much of the Giants stuff – and actually I want to talk about Sudfeld, but yep. just real quick before we move to Sudfeld – what was your percentage you thought the Eagles were going to win the Super Bowl before the Foles injury? I mean, the Wentz injury. And what's your percentage now? Just, you know, just gut. You know, obviously this isn't a perfect sign. Gut? So. I mean, if, if we're talking before, about. with Wentz. With Wentz. Let's say before we get on the plane to go to Seattle. Because no, I think that we learned a lot. Let's just say now. Because you've already seen the two games. Right, right. But I'm saying before Wentz got injured, before when we went to Seattle, I think right. I was right around the 65% chance they'd win the Super Bowl. Wow. All right. Um, I think that when you look at it now, it's probably 30% at the absolute max, maybe 25%, because I think it's going to be a real struggle to get there. And even with Wentz, I don't know that you're beating the Pittsburgh Steelers, who look like the most complete and dominant team in football. I don't know that you're beating Brady and Belichick in a Super Bowl. But I think to get there with Wentz in his second year would have been a monumental accomplishment for this team Mm -hmm. and giving you every reason in the world to be optimistic, especially with how many guys they have locked up long term. So before Wentz went down, I was probably at like – to win the Super Bowl, 25 30%. Wow, okay. Just because, not, and that's not a criticism of the team, it's more just didn't have a lot of playoff experience. I think the NFC playoffs are going to be tougher, tougher than I initially thought. And then, of course, you face the Patriots in the Super Bowl, you know, I, I, like I said before, I thought if they would have got to the Super Bowl, they would have won it. Just right, that's why I'm would. surprised you were so low on the barometer. Because yeah, but I just think the chance there... was, yeah, okay. I just think it would have been tough. So right now I'd say my chance they win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles is – Five percent, yeah, something like that. I mean, I mean, look, if they win their first playoff game, then then you know things start to snowball. Well, if you win the first one, then all you got to do is win that one, and then if you're in the Super Bowl, who knows what happens? And, they and do it all starts count. to snowball a little bit too. I mean, if you're winning with defense right. and running the ball, you can carry that momentum from week to week, especially in the postseason. And the other thing too is, I'm, earlier this week we were walking to practice with uh, Teron Davenport, um, who covers for the Eagles Wire, and he said something I really agree with that. Confidence is everything in sports. And right. if Foles does get his confidence going and this team shows this team starts to get confidence, like genuine confidence in Foles, then anything is possible. And that's why this Sunday's game is so huge. I know you brought this up earlier when we were talking, but this game is just huge for Foles to show everyone like, all right, 
It's going to be okay. Like, if he comes out and struggles, they score 12 points, and even if they win, let's say they win the game 12-9 to or something like that, you don't leave that game feeling good. Foles, Foles needs to show that he's capable of winning this game just because, one, if Wentz was in there, they'd probably blow the Giants out, or at least they def- I think we'd both feel more confident about yep. them winning the game. Foles needs to go in there and show that, yeah, I'm not, I'm not Wentz, but we're not going to fall that far off. And so I think that's a huge, huge uh, part of Sunday's game. But – before we get into the game, let's talk about Sudfeld for a little bit. Sure. So there's been a lot of talk this week about whether or not the Eagles should sign a new backup quarterback. Because now that Foles is their starter, well, let me start with this. We're both in agreement that they should start Foles. Yes. Right? Okay. So neither. So they, they should start Foles, right? Right. So what, just, what other option is? Well, there? but I guess there'd be some people out there that would say, "Oh, sign Kaepernick and start him right now," or sign. No. Our, okay. No. But I, no. So I just wanted foolish. to make right. But yeah. I just wanted to make sure everyone knows that we're not. When I say. If I say we think they should sign Kaepernick, I'm not saying to start over Foles. I'm saying as the backup. So if we're talking now, we're talking about basically Nate Sudfeld versus the list of free agent quarterbacks that are out there. And the list, obviously, is not that good, but it does have the big names. I mean, obviously, Kaepernick's there. RG3 is on there. Your boy, Matt McGloin, is on there. Um, my boy. <laughs> your boy. Well, you, I'm blocked by him on Twitter, by the way. Yeah, so. He can't he, be that big of my boy. He doesn't know he's your boy, but <laughs> deep down, yeah, that's your boy. Um, And then, I mean, then it gets really ugly. Like, Luke right. McCown, Josh Johnson. There's just a lot. I mean, so if you're going to sign a guy, realistically, the options would be, I don't think Kaepernick's a realistic option for a number of reasons. Number one, one there's a well-documented disagreement between Malcolm Jenkins and right. Colin Kaepernick. And he's suing coalition. the NFL. Right. So I'd imagine that it would have something, you know, Correct. it would factor in a little. But, I mean, you know, like RG3 maybe, he started a playoff Sitting game Sitting on a couch he's... for 11 months. Right. No, I, you know, no, I, I'm not advocating it. I'm just right. laying all the options out there. And then the other option would be you start Nate Sudfeld. Uh, well, you start him if Foles were to go right. down. Can, can I just say, right, I I feel comfortable putting this out there because I tweeted about it on Monday, so we're not giving away state secrets here. It's really difficult to bring in a quarterback in week 15 or week 16 of the season because you're going to have to get him up to speed with your system. You're going to have to you know, teach him your scheme and get him ready to play a game when you're trying to prepare your backup who hasn't taken first-team reps, if at all, since mm-hmm. training camp. And let's remember, Nick Foles had an elbow injury in camp, so he was even limited back then. Right. So it's not as if Nick Foles has gotten all that much practice time. And that's why I, I took a lot of heat on Twitter on Monday when I suggested that if, and I even said at that point, I don't think the Eagles are going to bring in a quarterback, but if they do, I would think Matt McGloin is the guy because he knows the system, he's been he's here, and so the coaches bad, know though. him. Oh, I don't disagree with any of that, <laughs> but... To me, if if I'm an NFL head coach and I'm looking to find a backup quarterback, I'm going to want a guy that I don't need to have a head in a playbook 24 hours a day and that I don't know what he's going to do when he's out there. They at least know the strengths and weaknesses of a Matt McGloin. They at least know what he can and can't do. And I think that coaches value that scheme knowledge more so than whatever athletic upside you might or might not get yeah. from Kaepernick or RG3 who are out of the league. I agree, and I think that's one thing I've kind of bat- – gone back and forth on all week like how do you balance that with just pure talent because let's just take the Kaepernick like him and Malcolm thing off the table let's just talk about purely him as a player played and won in the playoffs went into Lambeau Field and won almost won a Super Bowl had doesn't turn the ball over a ton so there are some definite positives with bringing in a guy like Kaepernick and then RG3 you can kind of say the same things but Mm -hmm. it's been much longer since RG3 has been, yeah, it's been a viable yeah. quarterback. I but mean, he has a couple ACL injuries under his belt. He wasn't good in that opener against Cleveland when he got hurt, uh, against the Eagles, rather, with Cleveland when he got hurt. I mean, 
I don't think RG3 is all that viable to bring in here. And I don't think that they're going to add a – barring a disaster, barring Nick Foles separating his shoulder, dislocating his throwing elbow, I don't think they're bringing in a quarterback. See, but even then, I'm not so sure they wouldn't just go with Sudfeld. And here's here's the thing. like, You'd need a backup all, at that point. Yeah, though. well, right. You would need a backup. But then then McGloin might really come in here for the, for the reasons you said. He knows the playbook, all that stuff. They're familiar with him. He spent time with the team, all that stuff. But I guess what I, what I kind of – to me, you need a backup, not so much if, if Foles – yeah, if he gets hurt, then obviously you need a guy. But what you want you want a guy that if if you're winning your first playoff game, twenty to thirteen in the middle of the third quarter, and Foles gets hurt, that you want a guy you can put in there, and you know is not just going to completely lose it and just like buckle to the moment. And that's my biggest question with Sudfeld in terms of actual talent. I'm not saying he's as talented as Kaepernick, but I have no idea because right. I mean he wasn't here in training camp. Um, you know, he played limited snaps with the Redskins. Uh, I haven't watched his Redskins tape. I mean, I can, I've seen a few videos. Yeah, but- I can't speak to what he did in Washington, but I watched a decent amount of him in Indiana. And he's a guy who can take a hit, pick himself right back up, and mm-hmm. and start slinging. Well, and that's what they like about Foles. So, right, he's a guy I, yeah. who's mobile. I've seen him, you know, make some big runs, you know, scrambling for first downs and those sort of things. Decent enough arm. I don't know that he's a starting quarterback in the NFL, but he reminds me a little bit of of – Maybe similar to like a Kirk Cousins type of guy. Um, maybe high upside Alex Smith. But Nick Foles is a – I mean, you look at these two walking through the locker room, and if you just took yeah, a quick they're, glance – Yeah, they're the exact same guy. You, you couldn't tell the difference from facial features and expressions, height, uh, weight, body build, all of those things. They're the same person. So I think that when you look at his skill set – and again, I, I remember watching Penn State-Indiana games and Sudfeld got knocked out with a concussion. You're like, oh, wow, okay, there goes the only threat that Indiana had. Right. So, I mean, again, he is what he is. He's a backup quarterback. He was a third-string quarterback. He's young. He's a developmental prospect. And, you know, is that enough to throw him into a playoff game if Foles gets hurt beforehand? I don't know, but – I, I don't think that this kid is a stiff. I think I look at him as almost a second-year player with some upside. Well, I think in one like. way you can look at it, too, is like, let's just say you think Kaepernick, we'll keep using his name, but just fill in whatever name you want for him. Him, Romo, RG3. Right, RG3, right. Let's just anybody. say you think Kaepernick is twice, as, twice or three times as talented as Sudfeld, which would be a blind guess because I guarantee you nobody here is actually that's listening has seen Sudfeld play a considerable amount. Right. But let's just say that's what you think. No disrespect to our fans in Indiana. Right. Exactly. I'm sure are listening to the. Yeah. Pod. Exactly. Yeah. But, but, but you also have to weigh that when making this decision, the his familiarity does play a part. So yes, if you're looking at this on a scale, Kaepernick might be more talented. But when you weigh in the fact that he would have to come in here, adjust to living in Philadelphia, adjust to being in the Novacare, adjust to knowing the playbook, adjust to his teammates. That that does even it out a little bit, and so I think from when we talked on Tuesday and when you know I've written stuff throughout the week and I've tweeted about it, I think now I'm more in the, I'm more in the camp of look, the, the season is already probably over. I think I've been pretty vocal about that, but with full, with with if you get to the point where you're not playing Foles, I think I'm now in the camp of you just throw Sudfoot out there and see what happens and just hope that his whatever raw ability he has combined with his knowledge of the playbook, his familiarity with the offense, his familiarity with the players around him, just hope that that somehow lucks into something. Because I think, honestly, even though the chances of him just completely losing it in a playoff game in terms of him not being able to mentally like go out there and handle the moment, I think 
compared to what the chance of Kaepernick coming in here and actually playing well, given all the things he'd be against, I think they about even out. And if they even out, I think you're better off just going with your guy that's been here and just seeing what happens. Here's my one problem with that argument, and that is it's Jay Cutler. And Cutler was a guy who had retired from the NFL, took the job at Fox, was basically set up to be their number one announcer. And then he gets a call from Adam Gase in training camp, and everybody thought that he would, you know, come in, right. know the including system, me. and including including me. I I picked the uh, Dolphins to be a playoff team. Now maybe they sneak in uh, and backdoor their way into a wild card spot. But I think Jake Cutler's been pretty disappointing this year, and he's yeah. a guy who had a lot of upside from his scheme knowledge. And and I don't know that you can pick Colin Kaepernick, who's been out of the league longer with no familiarity in the scheme. Substitute names: RG three, Romo. I'm not signaling out Kaepernick. <laughs> you put any of those names in there, I I don't know that they come in cold off the street and can beat Minnesota or can beat Seattle or can beat New Orleans or Carolina or Atlanta. I don't know that somebody off the street is able to do that. And if you're down to your third string quarterback, I think you almost, for the sake of your locker room, you go with the kid who you've invested time in and you bring the veteran in as a backup or you bring McGloin or some other street free agent in, Luke McCown or whoever, in to uh, be the backup at that point rather than create a distraction when you're down to your third quarterback anyway. All right, so let's talk about this Giants game a little bit. Or I guess a lot of it since it's a preview pod, although this week it's all quarterbacks all the time. So going to MetLife, third straight road game, playing a Giants team that I messaged uh, Dan Duggan, our Giants reporter, and I said, look, I'm not feeling confident about this game from the Eagles' perspective. Like, how bad are the Giants? And he said, the Pretty Giants... Pretty bleeping bad? <laughs> he said, they suck. They're terrible. So, I think we can balance... Back, yeah, we can talk back and forth about some of the things that worry us about this game, some of the reasons we think the Eagles will win. At the end of the day, the, the Eagles are going into almost an ideal situation. You can even make the argument, like, they'd have a better chance of losing to the Browns this week than they would the Giants. It's going to be a... a- what would this be, an 11th home game for them? Because they have the home game against the Chargers, the home game against the Rams. Yeah, They're I don't know if that Rams game was a home about, game. About but... 50-50, yeah. right? I, so let's call it the 10th and a half home game yeah. for the Eagles at MetLife. Because be what I've been watching, there, yeah. MetLife has been empty. It's an easy ticket. Eagles fans can make the easy drive up there. I'd expect them to take the place over based on how well they've traveled this year and traditionally travel. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as what worries me, Olivier Vernon separates Nick Foles' shoulder on a sack when he gets by Vitae or Dormack or Samalu. Uh, Other than that, could Evan Ingram go off on, you know, 112 yards and two touchdowns? I guess he could because he's probably the only receiving option they have. But even if he scores those two touchdowns, where are the other points for the Giants coming from? Mm -hmm. So uh, that's a perfect ending to that because when I, although I've been debating picking the Giants, the thing that keeps me away from doing it is. Dan Duggan told me this. In the Giants' last three starts with Eli at quarterback, they haven't scored over 12 points. So even though the Eagles are having quarterback problems, the Giants are having, in some ways, worse quarterback problems because Eli is really, really bad. And they've also lost Sterling Shepard. And he's always always been bad against the Eagles, too. But then you look back at week three, and the Eagles needed a 61-yard field goal at the buzzer to beat them. And you Different can say, Giants team, though. They di- had Odell, okay. and he had, what, two touchdowns? But the Okay, yeah, but the Eagles had Wentz, Peters, right, and Hicks. Right. And so, Sproles I mean, for a half. And Sproles, right. Yeah. So, so, I mean, the Wentz, I'm not discrediting what losing Odell means to that team, but Wentz is, I mean, maybe like him, Rodgers, and Brady, I mean, are among the, the biggest injuries that could happen in the NFL. So, I mean, it's a massive loss. So, I think 
the Eagles and the Giants, I mean, the division rival, that, that type of thing. And I'll also say this. So I looked this up via SB Nation because this is the Eagles' third straight road game. And over the last few pods, I've kind of mentioned that because this is going to be the third straight road game, I know it might be a quote-unquote home game, but it is still technically right. a road game. That's tough in the NFL. And over the last 10 years, teams that are in their third straight road game are 35 and 69 straight up. And over the last, let's see, it says here, over the last five years are 20 and 33. So that's not good. I mean, right. I do think that's one thing to factor in when you're when you're picking this game. Um, I think it's a tough spot for them. I think that kind of based off everything that I've kind of heard from talking to players is it sounds like there were a lot of adjustments made this week to Foles, so they might, they might come out the gate slow. Um, it's going to be cold. I think if it goes ugly – early on that this could like maybe players start to get in their own heads about losing Wentz. But I think the only way it gets ugly is if Nick Foles throws an interception inside his own 20 yard line, the Giants go down and which score. is possible. Of though. course it is. And, yeah. and, and I'm not, I'm not saying that tongue in cheek. I'm saying that the Eagles, it would have to go really, really poorly early, like really poorly, right, like yeah. a pick six early, right. which is possible for the Giants to have any chance. I don't think the Eagles, and I might have to wear the asterisk this week because the score <laughs> I gave Duggan and Cratch isn't quite what I'm going to give, be giving you in a couple minutes here. But I just, I don't think there's enough fight and there's enough firepower left in that Giants team. Yeah, to win I don't think game. there's enough fight either. Um, and I think that Eli is really bad, yes. obviously. But, I mean, here's the thing about the Giants. So, they're, what, what's their record even? Whatever like it is. Two and 11? Yeah. So, Whatever it is. Yeah. So, they lost to the Cowboys week one by four. They got they lost. blown out by the Cowboys in the fourth right. quarter last week. Right. But that, that game, but the that game was really close yeah. up until like five minutes to go, five or six minutes ago. They lost to the Eagles by three this year. They lost to the Buccaneers by two. They lost to the Chargers by five. So, my point I'm trying to make is they lost to the Chiefs by three. Um... The point I'm trying to make here is that, oh, sorry, our intro is turning on a little early. I still have a little more to say, so just ignore that. But um, I guess the thing I'm trying to say here is this game could end up being close. And if it's close, you're going to need Foles to make some plays. You're going to need the confidence of your defense. So I do not think this is going to be a blowout. Just because you factor in the fact that Giants have played a little close, the fact that they know both these teams know each other well, the fact that there's going to be some some adjustments, the third straight row game, all those things. So I think this is going to be a close game. Um, but ultimately, I just I I can't pick Eli Manning and the Giants to win a game right now. As as skeptical I am about this spot for the Eagles, so I'm gonna pick the Eagles like seventeen to nine. Okay, give me the Eagles twenty four to thirteen. Double digit 13. win, not a whole lot of scoring on offense. You might get another defensive score. Again, I just don't think there's enough firepower or fight in the Giants to make this very competitive. So we both think they win, but we both think it's going to be closer than, I guess, a lot of fans. So I believe the line is, what, seven, seven and, and a half? half Eagles. So we're, we're right around there when yep. I say 17 to – or I said 14 or something. I don't even remember what I've said. <laughs> <laughs> 17 to 9, something That's like okay. that. That's okay. It'll change by yeah, Sunday exactly. three different times. So. At Elliott Shore Parks on Twitter, you'll get my final prediction right there. Yep, at Matt um, Lombardo PHL if you yeah, want to rip me for my voice he, or yeah, my analysis. I'm putting all... the asterisk next to his this yes. week, too. So, all right, guys, we're going to – to get out of here um we'll of course have the post game pod on sunday for you and please leave us a review as we always say if you're on youtube listening we appreciate the thumbs up we appreciate everyone that listens on youtube and leaves comments um they're always fun to read even if they're negative so thanks everyone for listening matt i will talk to you sunday at see you at